How's it going today, guys? We're back here today in the studio. It's Thursday, uh, April 12th, 2018. Uh, I got NBA analyst Jer- Jeremy Kuhn in the studio with me today. Jeremy, say what's good to people. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, worked on a little Salt Lake Slam Twitter handle last year. Uh, consider myself a Utah Jazz expert, Portland Trailblazers expert, a little bit of a Hawks expert. Hell yeah, let's get after it today, guys. So our first topic we're going to discuss is in the NBA, James Harden or LeBron MVP Jeremy, who you got? Um, honestly, I got LeBron, um, but I want to hear why you think Harden over LeBron. Dude, I just think LeBron over Harden, man. I mean, I mean Harden over LeBron. I mean, Harden finished second two out of the last three years, and, you know, it really pissed me off last night that Westbrook averaged a triple-double, and he's not even in the conversation because it's literally the exact same thing as last year where Westbrook averaged triple-double, and everyone was freaking out over it, but his team's not winning games. And I'm not going to lie, I've looked at how basically the criteria for that we've picked MVPs over the last four years and there's really not a specific criteria. It varies from year to year. Like last year, they were like, oh my gosh, the triple-double, but it doesn't really matter this year. Or like when Curry won it two two years ago over Harden, it was more so that his team was winning and him and Harden had about equal stats, which is kind of another reason why I lean towards Harden over LeBron because it's kind of the same situation here. But realistically, the main criteria for me that decides it is that Harden has been scoring at the most efficient level of his career. And you would think a guy who's finished second the last two years in the MVP race that he couldn't really get any better and Harden somehow has found a way to get better he's averaging about 31 a game 8.7 assists and I think like 6.4 rebounds but his true shooting percentage is 62% while his actual is 54.1 but his true shooting percentage is one of the best in the league and him in isolations I mean he's just He's shoot, averaging 1.22 points per ISO possession, which is the mo- which is more than any team in the league and way more than any player. And actually, the out of the 25 players that have had 500 ISO possessions, or it's 35 over the since like they've started calculating that for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Harden has the uh, most ever when the next closest was Kobe at 0.9, and LeBron had 0.87 one year. So I just feel like he's the most. I mean, he is the most efficient high volume scorer in, in NBA history this season, and I just feel like you got to reward it in the. Fact fact that his team's won 65 games and LeBron's team barely won 50 I just think that all those facts point towards Harden yeah that's a valid point I mean this is one of those years that makes you really think about they need to define the criteria to win to win the award because there's a legitimate argument for James Harden I mean here's my take for LeBron uh, I mean, LeBron's been in the discussion so, somewhat. How you say Harden has been robbed? I think LeBron has been robbed a couple times as well. Um, most notably, I, I can think of Derrick Rose's MVP. LeBron had an insane season that year, but um, I think this year, just the fact that he's led his team in points, assists, and rebounds, and not only that, but they've remained a competitive force in the East despite completely switching up their roster halfway through the season. Yeah. Um, also, he's had one of the most efficient seasons of his career at the age of 32. Um, but I, I just think that it's 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 a tough one to choose. Um, if I if I was going to choose strictly most valuable player, I think I would have to go with LeBron. Just because without him, I think Cleveland is absolutely one of the worst teams in the East this year, uh, and probably don't even do the roster switch. Uh, they might even be in the tank race at this point because of how bad the beginning of the season was going. Um, 
but uh, I, I'd love to see these two teams meet in the finals, honestly, so we can we can finally have an answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely think they'll meet in the finals. And personally, I think the Cavs will get busted. I don't think they have the defense <laughs> to keep up with Houston. But another big criteria for me that picks Harden over LeBron is the fact that Harden plays with another ball-dominant player in Chris Paul. And LeBron had IT for 15 games, and then he was out. And on top of that, I just feel like Harden's unguardable. If you, if you step off him, he's going to bust you for three. You step up in him, definitely. he's going to blow by you then the help defense comes up he's either going to step back on him or just run into them and draw a foul and get to the line I feel like there's really no way to guard him and then D'Antoni puts him in this offensive system where then he's finding guys out on the wings to pass the ball to and I mean if you if you really think or triple doubles the main criteria LeBron is 16 to Harden's four so I mean right. obviously LeBron gets it there but to me another big thing that rules out LeBron is the fact that he's a locker room cancer I love how there's all these stories about all these problems in the Cavs locker room yet none of them ever point at LeBron and I just feel like that just can't be a thing some way one way or another it has to come back to LeBron and there's all these mixed stories about the whole Kyrie thing and everything and I just think that LeBron has something to do with it and you can't pick a player who's been a cancer in his team's locker room to be an MVP there's nothing valuable about that yeah I mean I do agree with you on that Um, LeBron has always had a little bit of controversy around coaching as well yeah, and LeBron, I think I've, I'm a big believer in sports that coaching wins championships, but I think LeBron's the only exception to that because Ty Lue ain't worth a shit. <laughs> no, Ty Lue's terrible. I think uh, I think this little health crisis is just a way for them to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but going back to the LeBron debate, um, I mean, personally, th- there's a few more points for LeBron. I mean, he did play all 82 games this season, which you can't really knock that. I mean, that it, it, if we're going for MVP, I mean, that's an MVP caliber stat right there just out of – purely playing that many games. Um, yeah, I definitely think that it's a good stat, but I mean, Harden was hurt for like 10 games, which I mean, he can't really do anything about that, but he's still playing in well over the majority of the games, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, LeBron also has a higher uh, three-point field percentage uh, than Harden this year, which is surprising to me. Yeah, Harden, I think, though, is first in the league, though, and three-pointers made, so I mean, he's attempting way more than LeBron. Yeah, LeBron's uh, LeBron's total field goal percentage this year, too, being 55% is just insane to me. It's almost uh, like 2012 Heat LeBron, but, you know, he, he's older, wiser now, and more efficient. Um, this is one of his lowest seasons for turnovers. Um, I just think that there's a legitimate argument to be made for him, and uh, I'd like to see how the voting turns out. Yeah, I definitely would, too. The final thing that kind of decided to me that Harden's got the MVP is the fact that in defensive win share total, the number one player in the league is actually Rudy Gobert, so I'm siding with him for defensive player of the year. But Harden is ranked 37th, and LeBron's ranked 311th, and everyone always bashes Harden's defense. But, I mean, he's still in the top 50 players in the league in defensive win share, and LeBron's way down the board. Yeah, I mean, the only uh, the only take I have against that is that LeBron can just guard so many more positions. You know, there's occasional times where LeBron's having to guard a center and things like that. Maybe someone that's way shorter than him and quicker. But uh, he, he's still a force on defense uh, at multiple positions, whereas Harden, I, I can only see him guarding, you know, the one or two at max. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. I don't know. I just feel like it's Harden's year, and I feel like that they got to honor the Rockets since they blew every team out in the league pretty much this year. And they mm. dominated the. They literally dominated at all times. There was never a point in time where they really slacked off or anything. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But let's move on from there, and let's go to Coach of the Year. And so who do you have as your Coach of the Year? I mean, personally, this year I have uh, Quinn Snyder from the Jazz. Um, I think Quinn Snyder has uh, done insane work with the Jazz. I mean, at the end of last season, you know, there was some question about where Hayward would go. Um, a lot of people thought he would stay with the Jazz. A lot of thought he would go to his college coach with the Celtics. Um, he chose to go to the Celtics, obviously, uh, had that gruesome injury at the beginning of the season. 
But um, I, I think what Quinn Snyder has done has been uh, incredible. I mean, the Jazz were considered a fringe playoff team as soon as Hayward left, maybe not even <laughs> top 10 in the West because of all the talent and yeah. flux. And, uh, you know, they put on this 26-5 and five run since January 22nd this year when they lost to the Hawks, and uh, now they're sent to the three seed in the West, which is insane. Yeah, no, I definitely think that the Jazz turned it around a lot. I was really impressed with what they did, but personally, I think there, I think there's a lot of good coaches for here, like Brett Brown, like you said, Quinn yeah, Schneider, Terry Stotts. yeah, Terry Stotts, uh, even Dwayne Casey for the Raptors leading yeah, them to no, the no one doubt, seed. No doubt. Yeah, but I have to go with Dan Tony, honestly. I mean, he made two ball dominant players work in CP3 and Harden. Even I was skeptical of that being able to work. I kept saying they should get Millsap. I thought he'd fit perfectly, but right. turned out I was wrong. And CP3 was the absolute perfect fit. But the biggest thing to me is they dominated the NBA, like I said a minute ago, and they dominated them throughout the entire season, both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. And the Western Conference is just so stacked up. It took the last night, really, to determine all the seeds three through eight. And I just think that's crazy that the conference came down to that, and you had all those good teams in there, and the Rockets went 65 and 16 in there, and they had like a... I think they were up like 10 games on the next closest team to them, and that's just Mm -hmm. crazy to me. All right, so so going back to that point um, that you made about making two ball-dominant players work um i i want to say that maybe you can take a little bit away from d'antoni actually because uh chris paul and um james harden are actually two of the most efficient pick and roll players but they actually prefer opposite sides of the floor so it works out perfectly for them to be on the floor at the same time um it, it was a match made in heaven really for them i mean they can both play on their favorite side of the floor do their thing um but I, I just think what Quinn Snyder has done with the Jazz um, has been incredible. I mean, you look at Donovan Mitchell. He's in the race for Rookie of the Year right now. Should and, win it. You know, some people point at his uh, efficiency numbers not being as good as uh, Ben Simmons. But I have to say, I mean, you almost have to give credit to Quinn Snyder for that because he's telling his young kid to go out there and shoot. You know, like he's the scoring presence they needed when they lost Hayward. And no one really expected that at the beginning of the season. And then, as the Jazz always are, they're there on defense. I mean, Snyder has incredible defensive rotations and adjustment adjustments. Um, he's got Rudy Gobert out there, likely winning Defensive Player of the Year. Um, yeah, the defensive splits with Gobert out there are crazy, honestly. I mean, they were so much better with him out there. Personally, I just think that the way that the Rockets play basketball is something I've never seen before. Like like you said with D'Antonio and those both those players loving pick and rolls, he uses players, though, one through five on pick and rolls. Like, they'll, they'll run P.J. Tucker or Reza up there and run a pick and roll, and they'll give the ball to them, then they'll redistribute it again to another guy in the corner. It's like a it better back version of that Suns team you had. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's built – I think he – him and the GM collectively have built the most <clears throat> effective and efficient team they possibly can around Harden with and Paul with basically two ball dominant players and all kinds of three and D players and then Eric Gordon's kind of the sixth man who can he's got a little bit extra a couple moves but I just think they built such a great team here and I just think what they've done with how they beat the Warriors twice when they were healthy I mean they beat them bad the second time and how they were almost unbeatable with Harden, Capella, and Paul all on the floor together. I just think that it puts D'Antoni over everyone. Now, D'Antoni did win the Coach of the Year award last year, and I feel like it's a hard award to repeat with, but I just feel like the way he's dominated the NBA this year, he deserves it again. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's uh, it's a tough decision to make in a year like this because you have two different uh, styles kind of at bay. Like you have D'Antoni having to make two wealths of talent work, and then you have Utah Jazz where they have a lot of unknown guys that are skilled at certain things, but it's almost like a cohesion of role players. It's almost like a, a more defensive-heavy version of the uh, the Hawks team from a couple years ago that had 60 wins. But uh, I just think what Quinn Snyder has been doing is, is enough that I think traditionally – 
with the definition of coach of the year, I think that Quinn Snyder would, would have to be the pick for me. Yeah, I mean, he definitely does more with less. And the way that he was able to trade a lot of those players, the trade deadline, still keep the team up, definitely impresses no me. I just feel like that, to me, coach of the year, I mean, I definitely agree. see your point there where that coach of the year is doing the most with what you have. Yeah. And, but to me, coach guys the, like Royce O'Neal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nobody even knows who Royce O'Neal is. Right. Like, I barely even knew who he was until this season. But, like, I just feel like, to me, it's more of the coach that, that through his system it gets the best result and I just feel like D'Antoni's result is so much ahead of everyone else's and a big criteria too to me because I was thinking about Quinn Schneider a lot as coach of the year as well I was I was on the fence about it too but I felt like they had to get that three seed last night I felt like that was big for his for him definitely I mean uh, that, that was definitely big for his chances at winning um, and also big just for the fans in Utah I mean I, I think the Jazz legitimately could be a playoff force this year I think they're going to make a little bit of noise which looking at their roster on paper you know I still think people are going to doubt them, um, no doubt. But I, I just think that defensively, you know, over seven games, they're, they're going to put the clamps on people. Uh, they're going to rotate the ball. Offense hasn't really taken a hit at all despite Hayward leaving, uh, which everyone thought would. But it's really going to come down to uh, how uh, Donovan Mitchell responds on the on the big spotlight and, and how Quinn Snyder kind of m- makes his guys uh, get in the right place. Yeah, no, I definitely think it could. And also, I know they don't put they don't officially vote on all these things till after the first round of the playoffs. So, I mean, if Snyder's able to get his team to the second round of the playoffs, it could help him. But I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But let's move on now to uh, Cavs um, 76ers, if that could possibly be a conference finals meeting. They pretty much are set up pretty good to meet there. You got the Sixers at the three seed. They're going to play the winner of the Celtics Bucks, which I think the Bucks will personally win that. And then you got the Cavs versus the Raptors. I mean, I think the Raptors are definitely a good team but the Cavs with this new look team have beat them both times and one of those games the Raptors came out there and what they do they hit like 13 or 14 three-pointers uh, yeah. in the first half and still they scored 79 points in the first half and couldn't win I mean I feel like that's the best chance you're ever going to have to win a game if any of it was 79 points in one half so personally I got to go I think Cavs 76ers and I think the 76ers are the Biggest threat right there was Simmons coming along a little bit, but I mean, I have the Cavs. I know you have the 76ers. I mean, what do you what what makes you think the Sixers can? I mean, I, I personally, just the way the uh, the Sixers are gelling right now, um, it, it just they they almost look like more of a complete team than the Cavs. Um, they have a lot of uh, depth. I mean, you guys, you got guys like Dario Saric, which I think bring more value than a lot of the Cavs bench. Um, you got guys like JJ Redick who are going to bring the playoff experience. I mean, he's never missed the playoffs in his career. So I mean, you know. A lot of people point to the fact that Embiid and Simmons, guys like that, don't have much experience. But really, I think they they have plenty of basketball experience. And at some point, the best stars rise up to the occasion. You know, like playoff experience is one thing, but these guys know how to play NBA basketball. You know, and I Embiid is so talented. Um, I don't think that there's a, there's a person on the Cavs that can really guard him. I mean, what are you gonna do? Throw LeBron on him? You know, just because yeah. he's quick and large and everything. No, I definitely think that Embiid is a huge problem for the Cavs to handle. I think what the Cavs are going to have to do is I think they're pretty much going to use more of a defensive system where it's going to be like, we'll bend but don't break with Embiid, but we'll have to shut down the other guys. And I think they're going to try to force Embiid and Simmons to shoot more three-pointers because we know Simmons has that broke jump shot. Definitely very inconsistent. Yeah, and Embiid is shooting uh, 0.38% from the – or I guess 30 – I guess it would be – 
30.8% from the, right. from, for three. So, I mean, I think they need to f- try to keep him out on the perimeter and out of the paint as much as possible because no Embiid's definitely a problem with the way he put the ball on the floor. I think the fact that J.J. Reddick's the only player with playoff experience, I mean, I definitely am a believer, like you said, that playoff experience is in everything, but I think to a certain extent it is, and I think in a tough series against a guy like LeBron who's just so experienced in the playoffs that that'll come in to be more of a factor than it usually would. Yeah, I think a guy like uh, it, it's going to come down to uh, a guy like Ben Simmons guarding LeBron, you know, whether he can slow him down a little bit. And really, I don't think one guy can really guard LeBron. I think you're going to see some kind of situation like uh, I don't know. I don't know if you saw this. There was a there's a good um, analysis clip a few weeks ago when um, the Heat beat the uh, Cavs in the regular uh-huh. season and um, they held LeBron to like 17 points on like 25 percent shooting or something crazy. Uh-huh. And um, they had to do with, you know, they're almost committing a lot of resources to him, which you have to. But uh, I think they're going to have Ben Simmons up top on him and then have two guys in a soft zone under him and just try to collapse on LeBron. And, uh, I mean, if you can funnel LeBron towards the middle and have Embiid like a big guy to step up, I mean, you can you can hold the down the Cavs a little bit on offense. I think it's going to come down to how they make the adjustments on defense um, and whether they can rotate enough and, and really – at the end of the day, it's it's going to be whether LeBron can rise above that, really, because LeBron is going to be the best player on the court. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. I mean, LeBron will be the best player on the court. I mean, it pretty much goes both ways for both teams. The Cavs have to figure out a way to take Embiid out of the game, and the Sixers have to figure out a way to take LeBron out of the game because both teams are definitely one-dimensional between those. And I don't think Tristan, Seti Oseman, and Kevin Love can lock up Embiid. I mean, Kevin Love's not a defensive player. He's a yeah. rebounder and sh- shooter slash scorer. Especially not now that he lost some of that mass, too. I mean, he's he's been struggling on defense. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The Cavs' defense is definitely subpar. I just think the Cavs are just going to have to show up and score points every night. And, I mean, I think that they will figure out some sort of defensive system a little bit to guard these guys, whether they play some sort of zone. I mean, it is tougher to play a zone in the NBA because of the defensive three seconds. But, I mean, they're definitely going to have to figure out a way to push him beat out of his spots. I just feel like it's going to be the experience that LeBron and Love and them have in the playoffs that will come down to be the deciding factor. All right, so now we're going to switch it up a little bit here, and we're going to go through the East and Western Conference uh, playoff brackets real quick today instead of doing a lightning round. So the first matchup, we got Wolves-Rockets 1-8. I mean, I've got the Rockets in five. What do you think? (laughs) I got the Rockets in four, honestly. I don't think the Wolves are going to be able to hold up to them. Yeah, I feel like they might be able to pull one out at home. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Next, we got the 4-5 Thunder-Jazz. I mean, I think it's going to be a really good series. I think it could go either way. Personally, I'm going to go with the Thunder in seven. Uh, it's a tough choice for me, man. It really depends on how the Thunder gel. I mean, I'm a little biased towards the Jazz, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Jazz can match up well defensively with them. But just the Thunder's wealth of talent with uh, Westbrook and Paul George and Melo just all being so experienced. And I think you're going to see a different Melo in the playoffs than we have all season. Um, but but uh, just for the sake of devil's advocacy, I'm going to go Jazz in seven. Yeah, I could definitely see it. I think the Thunder won't win a game in Utah, that's for sure. No, nah, I mean, me neither, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the Jazz defense will be nice for sure. Um, next, we have the Blazers as the three seed, the six seed being the Pelicans. I mean, the Blazers are going to have a tough time, I think, containing Anthony Davis, but I like the Blazers in seven just because I think their guard play is way more elite than the than the Pelicans. I don't think they'll be able to shoot threes with them. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to agree with you on the Blazers right there. I think uh, you got rotational guys like Aminu who are very effective very long defenders and you got guys like McCollum and Lillard obviously which are unguardable the sauce bros. in every way yeah the sauce bros man and then Evan Turner good rotational player I, I think they just have more talent and better coaching yeah, that's what I'm saying. Then we got as the two seven Warriors Spurs. I mean, the Warriors aren't going to have Steph. I think the Spurs can take them to six, but I don't think yeah. I don't think there's any way that the Warriors lose in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I without Steph, uh, 
I I want to say six games as well, but I I think they could beat him in five even without Steph. I, I just don't think the Spurs are the Spurs we we consider. Uh, when we think about the Spurs over the last few years, I mean, obviously without Kawhi as well, but I mean, they still got Popovich. They're still going to be out there doing, playing their best every night. So it's, it's going to be nice. Yeah. The next, so next we've got uh, the one seed, the Rockets versus the four seed Thunder in the second round. And I mean, I think it's going to be a good series. I mean, the Thunder play, play better against the better competition. We saw them beat the Rockets a couple nights ago. But personally, I'm going to have to take the Rockets in six. I think the Thunder can extend the series a little bit, but I don't think they can take them. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, whether it's Jazz or Thunder uh, getting to this, I, I think the Rockets have either team in six. Um, I just think the Rockets are insanely well coached and just have such a wealth of talent. And Harden is just going to be the X factor there. I mean, him him and Chris Paul in the playoffs is just going to be very scary. Yeah, I definitely think Utah could take a game or two at home if they play mm-hmm. the Rockets. I mean, people don't realize this, but there's nothing out in Utah. All they have is the Jazz, and those fans get after it at those oh, games. No it's, a, it's a wild environment down in Utah. Next, we got uh, we both took the three-seed Blazers versus the two-seed Warriors. I mean, Steph Curry will be back. I don't know how healthy he's going to be. I think, I think every single one of these games will come down to one or two or three possessions, but I think the Warriors will beat them in five yeah um i'm gonna go warriors in six just because i think that uh the blazers might be able to steal one on the road i think dame doll has got at least a 50 point game in him yeah. the playoffs oh, yeah. this year and uh cj mccollum i mean he's gonna have a sneaky 40 point game probably and then aminu is gonna be nice guarding durant i think he's gonna slow him down a little bit in one or two games at least yeah they definitely have guys to throw at him with harkless and uh aminu yeah. and uh evan turner too so i mean Dang, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's a decent defensive matchup there. So I think it'll be a good series. So in the Western Conference Finals, of course, we all have the Rockets versus the Warriors. It's going to be the big-time matchup. I'm picking the Rockets in seven. Okay, um, so barring any other injuries and Steph coming back and being healthy, I'm going to have to go Warriors just because they've been there the last three years. And I think that despite the Rockets' game flow and everything being so excellent, I just think that having Steph – pulls your defense out so much. And then Durant and Klay Thompson, I mean, if they're on, it's really going to be down to Klay Thompson almost as the X factor in that series, I think. But uh, I, I think I'd have to go Warriors in a close seven. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely agree with you that Steph's the most key player. I actually saw Steph play versus the Hawks this year, and seeing him play is one of the most impressive players I've ever seen. He literally needs zero space to hit, get off a shot. There's multiple times where he couldn't even bring his arms up, and somehow he was still hitting a three-point and, shot. And, and the gravity of uh, of Steph Curry, uh, that, that that really affects you the most I think it really helps them it's one of the most important factors for them I think in that series oh yeah for sure I just think though that what's going to come down to is the Warriors people don't realize this but the Warriors defense is not very good and it's definitely has its flaws in it and I think what's going to happen is the Rockets they can shoot the three ball and run like the Warriors can and honestly they hit the they've hit the most three balls of any team in the league I think they average almost 17 three pointers a game so I think that they're going to come out there and they're going to just going to rain down three balls and they're going to the Warriors won't be able to keep up with their pace like we've seen all regular season. I'm I'm very excited for that series, uh, potentially, because, you know, if if anyone's going to topple the Little Warriors dynasty that's going on right now, I think it's going to be D'Antoni and the Rockets. Yeah, I think it'd be crazy. I'd love to see Harden and Paul, especially Paul finally get to the finals, but Harden too. Yeah, Paul has been so close so many times. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun to watch for sure. That's going to be the series of the playoffs for sure right there. But on the other side of things, so we have the one-seeded Raptors versus the eight-seeded Wizards. This is a Wizards team who couldn't even beat the Hawks last week. I like the Raptors in four. I don't see them taking a single game. Yeah, I mean, I've got the Raptors in four. I think the only way you go five is if, you know, Bradley Beal or someone has a crazy streaky game, but I I, got to go Raptors in four as well. Yeah, especially with John Wall out of sync, and he's one of their best players. He looks way out of it. I don't think, yeah. 
I'm gonna agree with you there. I got we got Cavs Pacers next. I like the Cavs in five. I definitely, if I were y'all betting on this series, I would I would definitely uh, fade the Cavs every single time because I mean I don't think they'll cover those spreads, but I think the Pacers will play them close. But in the end, the Cavs will win in in five games. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there on Cavs in five. I mean, I, I do think the way Oladipo has been playing it, and just the Pacers in general. I mean, they've, they rose to the occasion this season. You know, everyone counted them out and thought they were not even going to be make the playoffs. But, uh, I mean, Oladipo is having an all-star career or all-star season. Um, but uh, I, I think they steal one game. Yeah, I could definitely. That's what I'm saying. I definitely see him stealing one. Next, we got the 3 6 uh, Sixers Heat. I mean, the Heat are very well coached with Eric Spolstra, and they have a decent team, but I mean, it's the Sixers, man. I like the. I think the Sixers' inexperience will lead to the Heat being able to take, uh, I think, two games, but I like the Sixers overall to win the series. Yeah, I think I'd have to go um, Sixers in five, uh, surprisingly, just be, even though Heat, I mean, Spolstra is, is a great coach. He's going to have them out there playing their best game, but I just like the way the Sixers are gelling right now. Uh, if they keep this little momentum going, I, I think they can steamroll the Heat. I, I just don't think they have enough talent to guard them and uh, enough depth, really. Yeah, no, I definitely could see that. I think Whiteside versus Embiid will be the big matchup, and it'll depend on how healthy Embiid is, but I no think he'll be ready to go. I think they just sat him out as precautionary. Yeah, reasons. yeah, as long as he's healthy, you know, I think they can do it in five. Oh, yeah, and then we got the two-seeded Celtics versus the seven-seeded Bucks. I like the Bucks in six. I just think the Bucks, like we were talking about a minute ago, aren't well enough coached to be able just to come out there and sweep them, which they should, because talent-wise, the Bucks without when the Celtics don't have Irving and uh, and Hayward in there, I just think that talent-wise, the Bucks should beat them in four. But I just think just because of the coaching problems, that it'll go six games. Yeah, I mean, I've, I got to see the Celtics play earlier in the season um, when they were on that little streak where they're playing the Hawks, and uh, they're an impressive team, no doubt. But it's just questionable how they can score the ball without Kyrie, and uh, especially over a seven-game series. I, I, I like the Bucks in five or six. Just you know, in spite of coaching, I, I think Brad Stevens is going to be the best coach out there, no doubt. But uh, just the the talent on the Bucks, you know, Giannis. I don't think they'll have an answer for him. Bledsoe without Irving, I don't think they have an answer for yeah. Bledsoe. And, uh, and then you got guys like Chris Middleton, which you know Marcus Smart can only guard so many people, so he's got to sit down <laughs> yeah. one of those one of those three guys, but. Yeah, I, I, I like their uh, I like their chances of getting five or six. Yeah, I mean it's just going to be tough with Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum leading all the scoring, and I mean Shane Definitely. Shane Larkin's kind of buns as your net. Him and Rozier running point guard. I mean you really only have Rozier. I like Rozier, but uh, just not high on Shane Larkin. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, next we got the Bucks versus the Sixers in that seven three matchup in the second round. Um, shoot, I mean I'd really I'm gonna I'm gonna say Sixers and six just because I I don't know I feel like Giannis can pull a game matter too and just watching these two I've watched these two teams play each other a good bit of times and the Bucks at home can definitely yeah. hang with the 76ers um, I'm actually going to go with uh, Sixers and seven on this one and I think it's just because they're built very similarly you know uh, they both have you know tall multi-talented players like Giannis yeah. Embiid um, I think Ben Simmons is going to be an X factor there uh, there's not really a guy that can guard him on the Bucks. I don't think but I think just they have guys like Middleton which is very similar to the Redick role on the Sixers yeah. and then uh, Bledsoe is just a d- dynamic scorer in general so I think it could go to seven easily but uh, the coaching is questionable there so um, you're not sure what Bucks team you're gonna get every night. So yeah, I mean, I could I could see six as well. Yeah, no, I think that'll I think that'll be a really good series right there in the second round for sure. I'm excited to watch that one. I hope it happens. So on the other side, we got the four seed Cavs versus the one seed Raptors. I also am gonna say the Raptors are gonna be able to pull out a game or two, and I'm gonna pick Cavs in six. Even though this is a Cavs team, we watched dominate this Raptors squad with their new team. I mean, the rat like we said a minute ago, the Raptors hit. They scored 79 points in one half and couldn't win. I feel like that's probably your best chance, but. Just 
just because it's the playoffs. And I mean, what happened a couple years ago when the Cavs won the finals and the Raptors went to mm. six of them? I feel like it'll be about the same thing. Yeah, um, it could be similar. Uh, I, I might take a hot take here and say Cavs in five, maybe even four. Um, I think that they're going to come off that Pacers win quickly, uh, well rested, and they're going to be hot. And LeBron, you know, is having an insane season. I think he's out for blood. I think he's not stopping until he gets to the finals against someone in the West. So I, I, I got to go Cavs on that one. Oh, yeah. So now we got our Cavs Sixers conference finals. What everyone wants to see, the big talk and everything. No doubt. I'm going to go with the Cavs in seven games. I think that I think it'll be a good series. I think the Sixers will take a couple games. Actually, no, I'm going to go Cavs in six. I think the Sixers will take a couple games. But in the end, I think the Cavs will end it on their home floor and not let it go back to Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, this is a highly debated topic. Um, I'm going to have to go Sixers in seven. I think if they win it, it's going to have to be seven. I don't think there's any way they beat the Cavs faster than that. And I think it's really just going to come down to that game seven. I mean, I think they're going to trade off games. Um, both teams have similar builds, uh, similar, you know, multi-talented, long-ranging wing players. And uh, I think it's just going to come down to who wants it more at the end of the day. You know, the old adage. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So you have a Warriors 76ers final. I have Cavs versus the Rockets. I'll let you go first. What do you All think right. So, I mean, if it comes down to Warriors Sixers, I'm going to have to go Warriors in five. I just don't think the Sixers have the experience. And I think if the Warriors are able to stay healthy and overcome the Rockets at that point, I mean, they're just, their confidence is going to be skyrocketing. I mean, and, and then I, I just don't think the Sixers have an answer for, for a guy like Durant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just don't think the Sixers can shoot three ball to keep up with them. I would I, like you said, if they beat the Rockets, I mean, they're yeah. obviously going to be on their A game. So, I mean, I'm going to say if this series happens that I'm picking the the Warriors in four. I don't think the Sixers could take a game from them. But since I have Rockets, Cavs, I have the Rockets in five. I think LeBron, I think it'll be a lot like that Spurs series where LeBron's able to take one. But I mean, this is a Cavs team who couldn't defend the Rockets all year year long yeah, I mean yeah. they they played them decent at the beginning of the season when Ta- when Isaiah was out but now they have the new look team we haven't seen them play yet but I think once again it'll come down to the point in the game where the Rockets pull away from teams a lot the Cavs will go five straight possessions or like five out of the out of eight possessions where they don't score and the Rockets will score on six out of those eight possessions and that'll just bury them in a hole I could see the Cavs losing one of these games by the highest margin in NBA history like a 40 point loss yeah. or something I mean if, if this series was to happen Cavs Rockets I mean I, I think I got Rockets in six or seven, maybe if, if LeBron just has an insane, you know, final series like he did against the Warriors a couple years back. But uh, I, I got to go Rockets in six on that. And um, it's like you said, I just don't think they match up with them well. I think the Cavs are going to be prone to play hero ball late as opposed to moving it. And the Rockets are going to keep playing their game and taking high efficiency shots. And I just think at the end of the day, D'Antoni's pace and uh, just the, Rock- the Rockets offensive skill set is just going to be way too much. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely agree with you on that. I think I'm really excited to watch these series. I definitely think the Western Conference in the first round will be much better than the East. But I think in the second round, the series will get a lot more interesting. But it's going to be exciting to watch. I mean, Jeremy, I'm sure I'll have you back on next week. we got to keep hammering the NBA playoffs. It's my favorite time of the year. So we'll see you next week. And this has been today's episode, guys. uh, Tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be talking a little more uh, MLB, a little more NBA, and some NFL, too. So keep tuning in. i got a lot of stuff coming for y'all. Everybody gonna put up. I got them on the end of the rocks. The home of the ran with the dinosaur. Every week I change my clouds. Gotta fit in this store in my house. Gotta build a garage in my house. Gotta wash my wrist cause a house. My bitch can't sleep in my house. Make sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the pouch. Keep an army bitch in my lap.